finished? No, the lights changed. It's overcast. Moonsong? Monsoon? That would be nice. No, that's smog. Rain doesn't often make it to the bottom anyway. Here, I brought you something to drink. Well, thank you. What is it? Monsoon. Can I rinse my brushes in it? You have a whole river for that. Hey, Nado, it's Monsoon time. What? 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 Drink, drink, straight from headwaters of Colorado. Have you been there? Grand Lake? I don't know. I thought maybe springs and glaciers. Yeah, Grand Lake. Hey, thanks for the drink. Yeah, that's where it starts. Yeah, you should see the yacht club there. Beautiful. What's a yacht club doing there? Well, it is a lake. You know, spring fit, glacier fit. It's the world's highest yacht club. Well, here's to the spring. Yeah, monsoon. That's a good name for a drink. Tastes like tea, though. They actually named a car monsoon. Shows the Southwest is getting popular, huh? You say it is smog, like in Los Angeles. It's probably that coal power plant again. Go to Beijing for real smog. China very busy making stuff cheap for world. Are you from Los Angeles? Arizona. Arizona, won't you go my way? I heard that on the radio. What part? Oracle. More in the in the helmet's good. In the helmet? Yeah. Boy, you thirsty. Pouring down that river all day broils you. Four and a half pounds of sunshine every second. Huh? Go ahead, right there in the helmet. Every second, four and a half pounds of sunlight hits the earth. Pelted with photons, huh? There are glasses. Ugh! Now you've got tea in your hair. And you've got paint on your mouth. God, that feels good. I'm practicing. For what? Coronado, the explorer. So the first name and the last name together is the last name. Coronado, yeah, Coronado, Don Francisco Vasquez de Coronado. Football player in the shower? Not in 1542. B F before football. So, is Don Francisco Vasquez de Coronado? More. You already went. I'll take a glass. That's a mouthful. Not just Coronado, huh? Not just Coronado. That's where the family's from. Boy, that felt good. The de in Spanish means from. So, is Don Francisco that clear? Coronado's enough. What did you say your name is? Oracle. Aurora, for short. Your name is. Same thing. And that's it.
just Oracle? Aura? With bells on. Well, call me Sunshine. I'm from outer space. You have an accent. I never leave home without it. Here's to home, wherever it is. But seriously, here I am, new in this country. Just a dumb tourist at the bottom of Grand Canyon. We are not going anywhere until morning for sure. And then I never see you again. But when I buy your drink, you play games. Oh. I'm an American now, and I have a dream to know who I'm talking to. Hey, another American. You better be nice to this guy. Hey man, I'm not trying to mess with you. My name is Jacob Lopez. Not Coronado? And not Don Francisco Vasquez. I'd give you a card except I'm out of real estate. Wichita. But I'm working something up for the park service. I hope. About Coronado, the guy that opened up this country. So call me Coronado. I like it. Did he go by boat? No. That was John Wesley Powell. Powell was later. Much later. Coronado, not Colorado. Coronado, the first pioneer. Only not famous. Yet. And I'm Aura, and I'm from a little town near Tucson called Oracle. And that's what I do. Painting. Really? That's really nice. The way you see the rock and lights are the same. So you're named for where you're from, too. Like Coronado. And Buffalo Bill? He wasn't from Buffalo. Tessa has a big battery factory in Buffalo. He just killed him wherever he went. Now he's buried in Golden, Colorado. The buffalo would dance on his grave if they were around. I never knew Americans are named for where they're from. Is this something new? Nah, nah, nah. Forget it. This is getting weird. And you? Sine. Sine qua non. I lived in Beijing, but where I'm from is not in my name. I have a much to learn. This isn't your first stop, is it? I stopped along the way, here and there. Last place I stopped before here is this side of Tuba City, 40 miles east, where Russians tested the Mars rover. Tuba City area, very much like Mars, we think. And so here you are. Yes, Grand Canyon is very interesting to me as geologist, the bottom especially. So you thought you'd just drop in? <laughs> yeah, I dropped in. <laughs> hey, that's good, drop in. <laughs> Amazing, it's such an old joke. Where'd you say you're from? Beijing, China. China. They don't have that joke in China, huh? I think it's a language thing. Your man Horace Greeley said, Go west. I've been driving west all the way from New York City and Buffalo in Tesla. And then I plugged in to Route 66. Charging all the way? It's not like a wagon trains feeding horses with grass everywhere. But it's not too bad. The Tesla gets 200, maybe 300 miles are charged. A website shows where there are charging stations. Wagon train. 
You know who blazed the Santa Fe Trail Route 66? All of that? Coronado. From west to east. In Kansas, they're trying to preserve the ruts the wagon trains made heading west. Can you believe it? Okay, Coronado. And you? Cine. Going to LA. Big opportunity. Elon Musk is going to Mars. No. China had a deal with Russia to collect Mars soil samples in the 1980s. But Russian rockets did not work right. Elon Musk makes rockets land back on Earth to reuse. He knows what he's doing. Wait a minute. Back up one. You're in some space program? Geology. China. As an astronaut? No, no. We call them hyconauts. Not in this country. And you're a geologist. And you're here in the bottom of the Grand Canyon. The moon is that away, buddy. And people think I have a weird story. Russians got some moon rocks. Not as many as you. Have you seen the moon rocks at Johnson Space Center in Houston? Nah, I can't say I have. Me neither. They don't let Chinese see them. Russians train in Houston at Johnson Space Center. The Russians train at Houston and drove around Tuba City in the Mars rover. Where have I been? It was for goodwill. The time, Gorbachev. And I wanted to see Media Crater, where Americans train for the moon. Media Crater on I-40? Interstate, yes. It's as close as you can get to the moon and the Mars. God, that link-up was ages ago, whenever it was. That's history, man. Like a Coronado, huh? I mean, there's a whole generation of kids that only hears about that from books and reruns. Boy, now I remember seeing that on TV. You're making me feel old. Well, I'm not dead. Give me five years. Then you can call me Rocky the Man. Why? What are you going to do? I'm going to Mars. If Elon Musk can shoot a car there, he can put me in the driver's seat. Crackpots. This is why everybody comes to America. Everybody wants the high country. Marlboro Man rides again. Maybe this time on weed. This is where the dreamers come. Musk from South Africa. Me from China. So my American dream is going to Mars. Chinese put a machine on the moon, but... So you're going to Mars to collect some rocks? What's the matter with the ones we're sitting on? Nothing. That's why I'm down here. You know the black rock in Vishnishis downstream? It's half as old as Earth. Only stuff we can touch that older is from the moon. Different rocks are different ages? Well, moon rocks are about the same age as Earth and planets. But the rapids, that rock that fell in from the top, that's very new. Only quarter billion years also. They ought to have birthday parties. Rocks have much to tell. Like, you think the moon doesn't have atmosphere. But it has atmosphere. Locked up in its rock. Why not go with the Chinese space program? They've got one, don't they? Run by the government. The U.S. is past that, and now private companies are doing it. Elon, Bezos, Branson, 
The U.S. privatized. Too privatized. Huh? Take me. What I should be doing is murals or mosaics on railroad bridges or something. Everybody looks at it every day. But no, there's no money in that. But do a little painting somebody can put in their house. Big wigs pay thousands. Subway stations in Beijing have many murals. New York subways have advertisements. Beijing, there you go, Aura. The American Indians were communal enough to make their city as single buildings, like Chaco Canyon. Beijing, Beijing, Peking. I've heard. Where's Beijing? Same thing. We'll call it Peking then. Where have you been? San Francisco is not called San Francisco. Just do it. We want people to know what you're talking about. Once upon a time, there was a time when we weren't so split up, or what did you say, privatized? We had public transportation, public libraries, public swimming pools. Still do. People don't use them like they used to. They're cutting back on hours. They're disappearing hour by hour. Well, it's not like they're the only thing around anymore. Everybody's got a car now, maybe two. Most people end up with a private library, whether they meant to or not. Magazines, newspapers, just keep piling up, you know. I use the internet. It means that Cine here, who's been around some, chooses the American way. It means we're richer. What it means is that cloud of dust up there. They've even talked about putting a bridge across the Grand Canyon for the cars. I hear what you say, but private enterprise is not to blame. It's communists who decided to build the biggest dam in the world up the Yangtze River from Beijing, and it has a road on top too. Nothing more communal than a dam. You know, this river doesn't get to the sea anymore. This big river? Yeah. When I signed up for this boat trip, I thought we shoot the rapids and then float down to Mexico. Because when I read about Coronado, he was supposed to meet some supply boats that came all the way up from Mexico. Those were the first Europeans to see California. But you know what? The current was so strong at the sea, they couldn't sail up the river. They had to get Indians to pull the boats like barges. Then I get here, and it turns out after the rapids, we just splash into Lake Mead. That's it, like a big water park. You didn't know about Hoover Dam? Well, sure, but I figured we'd go around and start up again at the bottom. That has a road on top too, and it goes across a canyon. Where's the water go? Farmers, mostly. Some to the cities and the mines. The way they fight over it, you'd think they were different species. And don't forget everybody's swimming pools. Can float from Hoover Dam farther down? It's possible. Not all the way to the ocean. It fades out. I bet it'd be called the Colorado Wash. Wouldn't be here at all if it weren't for the lakes and rafters. Recreation's big business. So this river is used up before it touches the sea. Well, the Sea of Cortez is still there. You just have to walk part of the way. You mean the Gulf of California? Of Cortez. On my map, the river ends at the Gulf of California. Same thing. Like Beijing, Peking.、Uh. This could be a problem. 
It's already a problem. The lake the dam made is getting used up. So now you see like big bathtub rings around it. No, I mean with the idea of bringing water that's gone over dam back behind it again. But just when the dam is putting out more power than needed. What are you talking about? Once it's over, it's over. No, I mean with the idea of bringing water that's gone over dam back behind it again. But just when the dam is putting out more power than needed, like recharging a battery. Great. So now they get to choose between getting enough electricity or enough water. Water, kind sir. Here. Give me power or give me thirst is how Patrick Henry might have put it. I suppose they could keep the river going by getting more drinking water from the ocean instead of the river. That's what San Diego does. They get the salt out and the plastic. I hope. Elon could help with that one. He makes solar panels. Or use the dam's extra power to do it. Maybe it's not his idea. Well, at least the ocean is available, and it's got too much water now anyway, with the North Pole melting and everything. So you think the Pacific is guaranteed for always? What? You think your Coronado could have thought this river would stop because people had other plans for it? Do you know about Mars? The planet? Or being low observatory in Flagstaff? You have? Sometimes I will go, because Lowe was obsessed with Mars. That's a Harvard guy who predicted Pluto before his student discovered it. He couldn't see it from Harvard? He wanted the clearest skies he could find. So he built Lowe Observatory. I guess he named it too. He should have named Pluto after himself. Then he'd have had something. So what about Mars? He thought he saw canals that maybe Martians made. He was wrong. But canals? Dead rivers. No ocean either. And the only water on Mars is polar ice. There's water on Mars? Ice. That's fantastic. Melt the ice and start up another Earth, huh? Good luck. Wow. Mars isn't our fault, but somebody is gradually changing the whole Earth. And it's not the beavers that built Hoover Dam. Well, there's a future. Anyway, we have it good in America. China is progressing, but not there yet. I thought I read something about them putting up a space station. See what I mean? It's been done already. We have a lot of stuff, that's for sure. Space stations, cars and radios. We've got stuff Roman emperors never had or even imagined. But you know what, Mr. Sine Hua No, ex-Chinese communist? Everybody wants more. And if you can't think of it, the advertisers tell you. So some people feel like failures when they hear about ball players and CEOs making more than the populations of whole countries. And you know what? They don't think they've got enough either. No, it's not the money. Sure, you gotta have some, but if you're any good, just keep getting more. It's like points in the game, like Jeff Bezos. You and little retailers would say he's picking out, but he's like you, 
what makes him happy is doing what he's good at. And if Amazon is the only store left, it's like the dam. It works because it's the easiest solution and everybody can eat off the proceeds when they're taxed. From each according to their ability to each according to their need. Now you're talking. Where have I heard that before? So there you were in China watching Dallas or... Big Fan Theory is how I learned English. And you got sucked in. The pilgrims would be amazed at how we've twisted their hope. I just want to drive the Tesla to Mars. Welcome to the dream life. Just don't expect a happy ending. Because there is no ending. The pilgrims. You have to excuse her. She's upchucked on too much Horace Greeley and wagon trains. Didn't anybody ever tell you that Coronado was over here looking for fame and fortune a hundred years before the Mayflower landed? Long before anybody came up with the words American Dream. At least in English. And he did it himself. He put a million dollars of his own money into his expedition and years of his life and... He had a million dollars to start? Well, it was his wife's money. Same difference. So the guy marries a million dollars and then he starts seeking his fortune? See what I mean? It's never enough. Fine, Coronado. First American dreamer, so what? What he's saying is the American dream is a human dream. If I hear you right, what else? There's just saying no to materialism, competition, separateness, ego. And instead? Sharing, caring. Peace and love. She's talking about the 60s, man. What would this look like? Like the world is a commune. At best, man in harmony with himself and the rest of nature. Or one as small as a household tending its own backyard, more likely. And even that's no cakewalk. Life can be as hard as you make it. Imagine, no cars, no roads. Hey, we're there. Where you live. Wichita. <laughs> no, you can't. Okay, so given the immutable natural law that people move about the landscape in metal containers in the belief that they need to be somewhere besides where they are, which would account for a quarter of the workforce being in the auto industry, then imagine, instead of having gone through whatever people go through to win and then provide for a car, they would hop into the one of the world's cars that somebody else happened to drive to where they are, and they drive off to wherever. What about the guy who arrived in the car that's gone? How does he get back? Back to what? If every dwelling, including his, was open to whoever appeared, he could stay put. But if he wanted to go back for some more important reason, like because his mother was there and needed help taking a pill, or because the score for a song he was writing was there, he'd take some other car that was already there, or wait around for another to come, or thumb it. So he'd get back all right. So it would look like a worldwide motor court. Nobody in charge. No, with everybody in charge, doing what needed doing when they noticed it. Assuming they had the time and inclination and skill. Assuming, assuming. What's the motivation? Why does anybody make these cars? Why is a man writing a song? What would get Cena to move here to do whatever the hell he's doing? 
to do something they can feel good doing, like children and play. But not for stuff. Oh, no. If everybody owned everything, there would be no need to get stuff. Why don't you go play painting railroad bridges? There's nobody paying for it. But it's something you enjoy. I'd do it if I didn't have to worry about getting paid. But that's not the system we've got. It's got workarounds. I mean, you could get on welfare where you get paid for doing nothing or whatever. You could try selling your service to the railroad or the highway department, go non-profit or pass the hat and let people who drive by donate. If popular enough, you could get investors. China was very poor for a generation before me. Famine made people die. Communism seemed a way for people to help each other, but it did not work until people get the right to keep what they make. Your idea is beautiful, but people need to see how helping helps themselves. Ah, uh, so you're a John Lennon fan, I suppose. So no private property in your world? Well, if everybody owns everything, they wouldn't need to be a slave to work or steal if they weren't. Not much privacy either. There'd be privacy if people respected each other. Well, it sounds like easy street, but let's be realistic. Nobody says no to money or good luck. The Hopi Indians voted against a casino near Winslow for years. Hundreds of jobs and millions of dollars a year. So that's why the braids and wampum. Maybe they heard that idea. They got floated a while back about having one in a blimp over the Grand Canyon. A casino? Too much competition. Somebody said they're going to have one anyway after the coal plant closes because they'll lose the coal jobs they have there. You know, there was this nostalgia trip that everything was perfect before the white man showed up. But if you go back to the beginning, like when Cortez found the Aztecs in Mexico, his crew thought their city the equal of any in Europe. But you know what made it go? Tribute from all the people they had conquered. Those were the people who helped Cortez with his crew of 500 knock over a city of a quarter million. The Tano Autumn Indians near Tucson mined their own business. What do they do? They grow cotton and they never made people slaves to do it. Well, there are Indians and there are Indians. Here's a story for you. It's 1528, only 15 years after one of Columbus's old crew gets to pilot his own ship and becomes the first Spaniard to touch North America. At Florida. It's 1528, and the Florida governor, a Spaniard naturally, has it from the Indians there that the West is a land where the natives wear golden hats. So he sails west into the Gulf of Mexico with 400 men to go for the gold. Why not? Cortez had already gotten rich from taking the Aztecs. And there sure didn't seem to be gold in Florida. Only thing is, they get shipwrecked in a hurricane at Galveston. The four survivors... Only four? Out of 400? They figure they're closer to New Spain. That's Mexico City now, where Cortez was governed. How were they to know? They never heard of anyone getting there by land before. They didn't even know it was connected. So they walk across Texas and across all of Mexico, almost to the west coast. They walk? Well, there weren't any horses, plenty of buffalo, but the only horses were the ones the Spanish brought over, and none of the ones they brought to Florida survived. They had eaten them. They were so hungry. Where are the cowboys and Indians? Hey, man, that's later. 
No cows yet either. No cows either? You know, I haven't seen any cowboys and Indians yet. Go to the movies. The old ones on TV. I saw them on TV. That stuff is over with. Wait. Go see Dodge City. Just the other side of the Colorado line in Kansas. They've got the Long Branch and Boot Hill. The whole thing. Well, that's not life today. There weren't any horses? Not then. Not where they were. Where are you getting your information? <laughs> not from the movies. And this is the truth? You didn't learn all your American history, did you? Well, this is my point. They looked out at first and met up with some Indians who helped them. Or else, we wouldn't have heard about this. There's your kind of Indian, maybe. But it was a long walk. It took them six years. Might have taken less, but unfortunately, other Indians enslaved them along the way till they escaped. So there is a different kind of Indian. Okay, so there are Indians and there are Indians. You start them all off in a land the white man never heard of, and some enslave each other and some don't. Maybe there's more than one kind of human nature for dissent which kind should be encouraged. If you isolate the human nature, you favor and bottle it in a spaceship. The planet it lands on would have to be called paradise. But we are here. You call me ex-Chinese communist. But China is not communist now. China is pragmatist. Human nature is animal nature. Even the songbirds announce their territory. At least the songbirds only claim what they need and can handle. They would handle more if they could, you can bet on it. If rabbits had invented the motor car, we'd be roadkill. At least the ankles. You guys are taking us straight to hell. What if every species, or even one more, had our hang-ups? What if rabbits cooked their food and had little toilets and sewage treatment plants? How would this play out? Us and the rabbits would be in charge of the sewer system. Buffalo driving would be a real problem. Sports cars the size of moving vans. Well, I guess we don't have to worry about that. I just hope the buffalo treated us better than we treated them. There you go with that nostalgia trip again. We're here, the buffalo aren't. How would the country have been built if a freight had to stop every time a herd of buffalo crossed the tracks? A little slower. The citizenry could have endured it. Maybe it could have, but it didn't. It didn't have to, because it had guns. It proceeded at the rate it felt comfortable with, because it had technology. And thereby man extended his reach. And his standard of living. Maybe by your lights. The Plains Indians' standard of living depended entirely on the buffalo for food, clothing, shelter. Buffalo Bill gunned down 4,000 of them in about a year to feed the railway construction crews. He was such a hot shot, he went into showbiz, and kids riding the train west later shot him just to be macho. I learned all about it on our move west when my dad took us to the SOB's museum in Golden. Someday, when the nostalgia peters out... You mean when the Indians can forget about the past? Go on. They may be happy the iron horse is doing the heavy lifting. Before the Spanish showed up, they didn't know what horsepower was. Hell, they didn't even have the wheel. No wheel either? That's right. They had to hunt the buffalo by stealth. And their only transportation was their tootsies. 
Maybe that's why there are still four thousand for Buffalo Bill. You could also say that Buffalo's standard of living started going downhill as soon as they encountered people. The Buffalo standard of living. What would you do? Get rid of the cars, the roads, the San Francisco Bay Bridge, San Francisco? Turn us all into vegetarians? You probably think you're a harmless artist, but what other creature grinds colors out of the very rock itself to splash around on stuff that used to enjoy being a plant until it got beat to a pulp and plant like a pancake? just for you to express yourself and get a pat on the back. Buffalo could care less about your art. The buffalo and me are okay. I do their portraits sometimes at their refuge in Salt Lake. It pays bills and nobody gets hurt. You sure go the long way to... What started this discussion? I don't know. The haze. I'm not painting. Well, I believe man can change and will live differently when there is no choice. Communism, public transportation, all that will happen to conserve resources, if nothing else. Your public library is now internet, yes? When smog is so thick, there is nowhere clear, people will change. So how do you explain Beijing's smog? People have choice. They can leave, like me or go from provinces to Beijing for work. You're still going to want the stuff the smog makes. Well, of course, I'm human. But once in a while, somebody, some special somebody, will try something different. Like, like what? Like Arcasanti. Where'd I hear that? Somewhere. Between here and Phoenix, one of Frank Lloyd Wright's students is building a high-rise city in the desert. So when you want to go to the store, you don't use a car and a road, you get on an elevator instead. Why is there no news of this? He's not done. Is one guy? He has students helping. Nah, this isn't how cities happen. Why expect people to cram into a high-rise in the middle of hundreds of miles of kitty litter, good for nothing but jackrabbits in subdivisions when they can stretch out all they want? Some people enjoy the desert. I mean, if you're going to have subdivisions, they're going to go where there's nothing to start with. I take it you've never had the wine the Indians make from the saguaro cactus that takes hundreds of years to grow. No, but hey, I'm ready. I've never run my vet on the rubber and gas. I've heard they make from desert plants either, you know? You should have been a developer. I was. Look, if you had the choice between blading the desert or good Kansas farmland, believe me, it's an easy choice. Why not New Mexico? The way I came looks like pure rock. Save the desert and farmland. Well, nothing happens if somebody doesn't start. At least Paolo Soleri is trying with Arco Sante. You're a scientist. How about it? Solar, sure. But social metamorphosis into a high rise? Good luck. If clean air is the most important, get everybody into a Tesla. But this takes time. What's wrong with that? Human nature. If you reduce exhaust, people will drive more or faster or bigger cars until the air is bad again. They're driving houses now, Cine. Some of those RVs are nice. One day the homeless will be housed and the rest of us will all be on the road in baby boomer heaven.
Make mine a 50-footer. We need even less exhaust. Make more Teslas. Only the fuel still comes from the wall outlet that has a coal plant on the other end. You can't change the world overnight. Maybe sometime there will be solar collectors on each car, like on spacecraft. That's even nuttier than... You know, the smart money puts a solar roof on top of the roof they've already got. If they could get a little more communal, they could bunch some together in a park and share the power, and then the homeless could clump together out of the rain. So the juice could still come from the wall outlet, like at the Visitor Center at Natural Bridges National Monument. Have you seen that? They use those solar collectors too, only they put out the same power they used to need a whole flock of diesel generators for. I couldn't believe it. They're really making headway with solar. They've got them on the visitor center here too. And I think they use them on the salt water in San Diego. Enough sunlight falls on one square foot of earth every day to power two houses. All electric? Yes. But so what? Say you do this. Everybody feels good. The air is clear. No problems. People feel so good, they expand their family. Later on, it's bumper to bumper. Time for Arcosante. If that's the answer, there will be Arcosantes next door to each other, like Manhattan. I say go for it. Once technology takes hold, it leads to things you never imagined, like spices. In Coronado's time, spices were the technology for preserving food. And everybody's wanting spices was what got Columbus to try a shortcut that, surprise, surprise, put us here. Poor guy, he meant to get to the Orient. In fact, he thought he'd made it to the West Indies, calling the Indians Indians, and kept sailing around trying to find what he was looking for. Each new invention just buys time until the population rises again to unsustainable. The most beautiful idea people have is kids. This is what you do when happy. Now we're cooking. Westward ho! You're a fatalist. Natural law. There's too much discontent for that to be true. Child abuse, divorce. Later maybe, even before. But conception, creation is happening. It's the best animal idea too. Cattle multiply like crazy in the new world. But the Indians who took it in the pants when we got going didn't. They were melancholy. Since they outnumbered us by millions in the beginning, you'd have thought they'd predominate. But no. So technology is not the answer? Is what you're saying? I said that. Well, what are you saying? Space. Space. People used to have big families when the farm needed extra hands. Kids were their security in old age. But now machines do the work on the farm and in the factory. Technology lets society get along with fewer people, or at least with fewer workers. I can buy that too. If the Spanish had had the machines we have today to grow and process sugar, they wouldn't have forced the Indians to do it, or imported blacks when the Indians died out. Machines are easier to get along with too. If you're a mechanic, a culture that frees the slaves only because it can get the same results from machines is sicko. We're talking downsizing, right? Okay, I see. But technology also allows more people, 
like your Aksanti, can push more into smaller space and grow food in 10-story greenhouses if necessary. Maybe what you have is some kind of leapfrog development, where there's some advance that makes life easier for people. Richer, lets them live longer. And then because people feel better, like they have the world by the ass. You're thinking of tiger by the tail. Yes, why not? They go use leisure most enjoyable way possible. And we end up with more people. More people, but richer at the same time. That's what happened in the U.S. China is getting richer too now, but even the one-shot limit makes thick smog as people get richer. We are very lucky, thanks to the rest of the world, doing the wage slave bit to keep us topped off with imported TVs, oil, you name it. We're using up everything. We've cut down four-fifths of the forest in this country, and then we expect the Brazilians to leave the rainforest alone so we can breathe? The forest is very good at making smog into trees, but sometimes the forest burns and lets the smog out again. It's better to put smog in ground to be rock like planets do when cooling off. But this is still too expensive. We have a growth economy. Anything's possible. Phoenix is a growth, all right. Well, what would you do with all the kitty litter around here? You really are in real estate, aren't you? Little foxes, and they look just the same. <laughs> what did you hit every oldie station between here and New York? Well, what? Wayuli plantations? Wayuli? For condoms? <laughs> For too many people! Nothing. What? How about doing nothing with it? Otherwise, it's like the locusts that suck the copper and gold out of Arizona and turn the land upside down stinking of sulfur. That has got to be the ugliest picture I've ever heard of, of played out mining towns like Jerome and Bisbee. I thought they turned into photogenic little artist colonies after the mines. Jerome and Bisbee, yeah. Artists saw the beauty there even after the rest of the population took off when the mines shut down. We're, we're famous for our ghost towns. Phoenix. So now everybody's in Phoenix. Right. The next ghost towns will be bigger. Phoenix? A ghost town. <laughs> Buffalo was a comer too once. The people I admire are the ones who stay behind and get the unemployed to make some sense out of their lives. Not Phoenix. Even while it's growing, you see a vacant store here, a littered lot there, tiny islands of despair and not making it. The dream spinners keep staking out new territory. A demographic bulge. Running away from the cold north. Only thing is, global warming's next up. Why worry about population growth when every place you mention is someplace people left or... It's how we leave it. It's nothing new. Even the Anasazi Indians. They had a whole network of cities in Chaco Canyon. A veritable empire like the Aztecs in Mexico. But even the Anasazi moved on. Long before Columbus, they had dams and canals that finally failed. A ranger there told me they figure it took 200,000 trees to build Chaco. And you could see the pinyon juniper forest around it. it hasn't come back yet. 800 years later. And the Anasazi had to be more in tune with the desert than we'll ever be. Not enough though, huh? Well, 
What do you know of Toya fruit salad and prickly pear pie? And you do? Man, dinner at your place must be a trip. You better hurry. The cacti are starting to keel over. Maybe weather changing is why. It's been getting warmer since the last ice age. Well, you fellas had better figure out where the water's coming from. The groundwater is falling faster than the zoning boards can issue permits. China famine during Mao is why only one child per family for a long time after. Smart anyway. So now, there are not enough workers to care for the old people. Not even enough wives now because nobody wanted a daughter when they could only have one. When no people, no market. Unless the animals start driving. <laughs> people want stuff. And stockholders want more stuff. Progress would be the stock market going down because people are buying houses in Phoenix because they'd moved to the ghost towns where there are houses already. Even if nobody wanted stuff, somebody would want to be the boss of more people. Bigger country or outnumber the end. Nations have always been into expansion. Opening the West sure did it for the U.S. There must be enough population to have division of labor, to have any technology at all, be more than animals. You think things would be different with a smaller population? I think there would be some level of population that could function without using up everything. Well, we're at 5 billion now. What is it? 4 billion? 2? What's the break-even point? Back up, mathematician. Would you believe two is too many? It could be figured out. I mean, two people. Adam and Eve. Talking history. Well, this'll be good. It's 1492, plus a few. And Columbus has sailed back and forth a few times, never really finding anything worth the effort. But then, rumors of gold get to Cortez back in Spain. He comes over and gets appointed to check out the Aztecs in Mexico. He ends up living in Montezuma's house with gold galore. That takes care of North America. The year is 1521. Now, it's a few years later, and a cousin of Cortes leaves Spain to seek his fortune. And when he gets to America, he gets wind of another Indian empire. By 1533, Pizarro conquers the Incas in Peru and ends up with more gold than Cortes. That takes care of South America. Two cousins, two continents. The end? Or the beginning. Or the everlasting middle. It's a matter of opinion. Cortes probably would have gone around to the Incas, but he was busy. Then, it would have been one guy, two continents. Why say two continents when they only got Mexico and Peru? Because there wasn't any gold anywhere else. And that's all they were looking for. So those Indians were into gold too? Just like they were into slavery? Now, they didn't see gold that way. If they had, they might have kept it under wraps. Nah, they just thought it was so beautiful that it belonged to the gods. And they gave one god's accoutrements to Cortez because they thought he was that god come back to them. Same deal with bird feathers. For trade, they were into barter. Though sometimes, they used chocolate bean. Chocolate as money? Yeah. Now, I like that. You do? Well, it would be a nuisance to be a billionaire, wouldn't it? It kind of levels things bunny growing on trees. Bushes, I think. So the conquistadors took their golden art, even though it was just a spiritual thing to them. Yeah, that's why they had to melt it down. 
Hey, you don't think Columbus and all of them came all the way over here for beans, do you? Wild man's beans. No, and try not to get too personal, huh? Thieving conquistadors. You know what the Queen of England called the Brit that ripped off the most Spanish galleons of anybody? No. Sir. Sir Francis Drake. She knighted him, and he kept the stuff for himself and Brit. The Indians didn't get it back. God, history makes me sick. If everybody was as sensitive as you, there would be no more reproduction because of an acquired distaste for the human race. If everybody was as fatalistic as you two, none of us would have been born. I bet we're living proof. Any kids? No. Me neither. Three misfits. No worries. No shortage people. Nature is away. So two cousins came to America to seek their fortune. Very American of them, no? And claimed everything in sight. Not your typical tourist. Gold was the icing on the cake they tasted first. The rationale was the Indians weren't Catholic. So they claimed the land and people for God and country. Some rationale. Spain got into it with their European neighbors, too. Right. Just the ones that weren't Catholic. And when they showed the Indians their horses and what a noise their guns could make, the Indians didn't view them as tourists either. That was all the technology they needed. What do you suppose would have happened if the Indians had no gold? Think the cousins would have left. Disappointed. Like Columbus and Coronado. Columbus? Disappointed? Well, he didn't find what he was looking for. A shortcut to the Spice Islands. And he didn't come across any gold either. He died. Popper compared to Cortez and Pizarro. And Coronado? When he heard how well Pizarro and Cortez had done, he came over in 1535. By then, the four men who'd been shipwrecked near Galveston had made it to Mexico City and told the Spanish viceroy there about the trip and what they had heard from the Indians along the way. This viceroy... Cortez? No, a new guy was living in Montezuma's house, one who'd come over on the same boat as Coronado. The emperor back in Spain replaced Cortez because he was getting too big. Cortez was still around, just demoted. The emperor wanted to maintain control, see? That's what emperors do. His job, you know. Well, the new guy thought he could make out. So he sent one of the four survivors with a priest to look for the seven cities of Cibola they had heard of and check them out. You mean the four just finished their walk across Texas and Mexico and he sends one back right away? Well, none of them wanted to go. But one was a slave and didn't have a choice. He may do. I'll give him that though. There he was, a couple of days ahead of the priest and supply train. He was a guide for the priest, see? And since he'd gone along with the Indians in these parts on his previous walk by coming off as a medicine man, he then picked up a retinue of 300 Indians, who probably helped with directions. He was the kahuna in his part of the expedition. And Indians welcomed the dude. Offered him women, which he accepted. Priests didn't like that. This story is stranger than fiction. So finally, they get to the first of the city. This was something real then, not just a rumor or misinterpretation. Yeah, it was real enough. In fact, if you go back on I-40 to Akama, they went there too. It's not Cibola, but it's closed. The oldest continuously inhabited city in the U.S. 
the first city they found in Cibola was just across the line into New Mexico, Hawaka, where the Zunis used to live. Oh, the Zuni fetish necklaces. Exquisite. Necklaces? Oh, never mind. I'm talking about the Zuni Indians. Now they live in Zuni and thereabouts. So what happened? Well, Esteban. That's the black slave leading the party. Wait a minute. You mean the first Spaniard to see this area was a black slave? I don't know about being Spanish. They call him Esteban. Spanish for Steve. But yeah, he was black. Don't ask me where he came from. Might have been the islands off Spain where they were using slaves to raise sugarcane. Or maybe the Caribbean where they were doing the same. I don't know. You ought to put that in your play. So many blacks feel out of it. You might put in how they were in on this country from the get-go. Wow. And how their kids were all over the Southwest before the pilgrims showed up. By how many years? A hundred. Eighty if you want to get technical. And to think the settlers didn't want to fool with the Indians. They didn't know the half of it. Here we are in the ultimate suburbs and a black man blazed the trail. Unbelievable. Heck, he was ahead of the Spanish. Hey, who's telling the story? Me or you? So, what happened? The Zunis killed him. Why? He kept the medicine rattle that a different tribe had given him as part of his act. Wrong tribe. Jeez. And so the priest didn't go any closer. All he saw in the setting sun was the walls of the adobe apartments. And it was like looking at forbidden fruit. And... So they hurried away and told the Viceroy they'd seen one of the cities, and sure enough, they were cities, and well guarded. They left without making sure there was gold there? How could they? They were outnumbered, and it looked like they'd be killed if they stuck around. What they needed was an army if they were going to get any closer. The Indians guiding them seemed pretty impressed. Of course, the seven cities of Cibola was a big deal for them. And the Viceroy got carried away. Well, why not? Cortes and Pizarro had already found more gold than anybody had dreamed of. Why else would the Zunis have killed some poor black dude? So Coronado became the next Cortes. If only. Cortes himself wanted the job. He finally rested up enough from conquering Mexico and was ready for more. But the Viceroy, he was supposed to rein in Cortes. Plus, he liked Coronado. They got an acquainted coming over on the boat. So Coronado got it. And away he went. Andale. They could have done the California gold rush right then and there. Maybe. If anybody heard of California gold, the California Indians weren't into it. Plus a little thing called the Grand Canyon got in the way. That's your play? That's why I'm here, pal. So Coronado and his army went with the priest back to Hawaka where Esteban got killed. Took the town, found no gold. So he sent scouting parties out. One group got to about Grandview Point, um, six, seven miles upriver from here, and had their first look at the Grand Canyon. Just a big hole in the ground like I heard one tourist describe it. That's what it was for them, too, when you get right down to it. And they meant to go on to hopefully something worth finding. From the top, the Colorado looked like nothing more than a creek. It wasn't until they headed down that they realized what looked like small stones from the top were bigger than the Tower of Seville, as they put it. Back in the capital of Spain, the biggest building any of them had ever seen. Plus, there wasn't enough water on the way down, so they gave up. You know, these guys weren't quitters. 
just walked God knows how many miles from west coast of Mexico. What did they say about the scenery, never having heard of it? Nobody knows. One man kept the log, but it got lost. The guys on that trip weren't too much into scenery as my guess. They had a painter with them too, but the guy's paintings didn't survive either. At least the astronauts got some pictures. So, no gold. Just a big hole in the ground. Coronado was so disgusted, he quit. Nope. Another scouting party he'd sent east seemed to have gone on to something. And before it was all over, Coronado himself led half his army from Pecos, New Mexico, down through Oklahoma into the Texas Panhandle, and then up to about the middle of Kansas. Lots of buffalo and Indians and grass so high on the flat plains, they couldn't see where they were going and felt lost at times. That man was motivated. But all that turned out to be a dry hole too. After a couple of years, Coronado headed back south, empty-handed. He'd headed the best planned and financed expedition in the Americas, put half his wife's dowry into it, and came back with zip. With no payout, Spanish didn't even come back for another 40 years. Kind of like the moonwalk, huh, Cine? What made them go back even 40 years later? The usual. Competitors, other Europeans coming around. The icing on the cake for Coronado was the guy he left in charge while he was gone. Four years later, he was running gold mines in New Spain. There's a lesson in there somewhere. Somewhere. So if everybody, including him, thought he was a failure, why do a play about him? He's as much as a hero as anybody is for sure. And thus, Mexican-Americans can use some heroes. This hole in the ground is something everybody wants to see. And my man Coronado is the one who found it for us. If he knew what I'm doing, he'd probably laugh. I don't know, he might appreciate the recognition like a dead artist whose paintings finally sell. All we've ever gotten in school is how the pilgrims beat their way across the continent and settled it. And here's one of my own people who was ahead of all of them. How is he a hero though? I already told you. He's the one who opened up this country. The Santa Fe Trail was his way east before the so-called pioneers and their wagon trains ever went west on it. In science, we call this Fashion. In English, pity, pity, no. Serenity, no, no. Serendipity, serendipity. That's it, that's it, serendipity. Serendipity. We start with a theory, like in a movie. A dark go in them dark hills. And you try to prove it. And instead of gold, you find something unexpected. Many famous scientists famous because of serendipity. Don't you have to realize you found something worth finding for it to count? Anyway, I thought you said Esteban. Esteban was in the picture at all, thanks to the Spanish. Yeah, and I bet he thanked them every day. You could just as well write a play about the Indians. They blazed the trail across the Great Plains before anybody. Before buffalo? You said they made a living chasing the buffalo. The buffalo were first. Just like they say, the Indians follow the elephants, no, mammoths, across the Bering Strait land bridge from Siberia when the sea level fell. Guessed. That means the Indians are Chinese, or Russian, or... Sure, 
Why not a play about the goddamn grass the buffalo chased after all the time? I'll tell you why. Because the grass doesn't care. Plus, it's mute. It couldn't make a play if it wanted to. And it won't pay to see a play. If it could see a play. Even if it laid down its golden boughs before you? Green stuff. And I don't mean chlorophyll. Well, I'd like to speak on behalf of the grass and the ancestors of the grass. Your next painting, then? Face it. We are an accident. It's amazing we're even here. We don't really know our ass from the hole in the ground. Well, I'm amazed I'm in a hole with you two. I've made my point. Two was too big for this earth. Of course, they were Mexicans. Excuse me. Coronado has to go start a yellow river, yellow river. I will be a spring in the bushes. Look after my piece. I'm going to turn you on to cactus wine. Make my tequila. I look after your piece. I'm right behind you. I will give you hand. Coronado, keep a watch. We'll be right back.